da da. Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, where niches need. I'm your producer Ben, alongside uh, me. Okay, it's a small episode today. It's a short episode. It's a lonely episode. But while Monty's in his dungeon and while Matt is waiting in the clock tower, I am here to give you guys some advice. A little bit of, imagine this is like a dating advice or, or advice from the newspaper, except instead of anything useful, it's about video games. You see, in roughly around pandemic era, there was a massive explosion and emulated video game systems. And I think I've talked about this a bit on the podcast before, but it's a very strange, obtuse world with lots of options, and I figured that everybody likes to play video games at one point or another. So I figured I'd take some time today to give you guys a quick, like, 10-minute crash course in if you want to play old video games on a budget, where should you go? Because let's face it, guys, old video games have gotten really expensive lately. Pretty much everything from the PS2 generation backwards has gotten super expensive right now. Uh, and that kind of sucks. And that goes for all Pokemon games. Even if they came out just a few years ago, they're absurdly expensive now. Hey, if you guys want to invest some money into particular video games, Make sure there's an anime person on it, and you're going to do very well for yourself, especially if it's published by Atlas. But let's start at the beginning. I'm Ben, and one of my favorite hobbies is collecting old video games. I've been collecting old video games for the better part of 15 years now, and I have seen the... Uh, I, I, I've seen retro gaming go from, wow, these games are all really cheap, into a full-on collector's industry. And let me tell you, the collecting, the video game collecting industry today uh, is not nearly as nice or as charitable as it was back in 2009 when I really first got into collecting. I always thought that it was really cool to look at old video games and the hardware that made them, uh, that made them each unique in their own way, whether it's the uh, 3, 6, 9, 12, I think, buttons on the Atari Jaguar controller, or the disc on the Intellivision, or the screen that you can attach to an original PlayStation 1, or the chainsaw controller on the GameCube. There's so many cool different things that uh, video game systems can, uh, can show off. And what I want to do today is I want to give you guys a really quick guide to finding your own retro video game journey, finding your own retro video game path in 2023, because it's kind of hard to figure out where to start, uh, because retro game systems are largely pretty expensive right now. Um, also, old video game systems are, generally speaking, falling apart, which means you're going to need to spend even more money either getting a fixed system or getting a, an old system that you will then need to repair yourself. Uh, I would say that the vast majority of video game systems made prior to the PlayStation 1 era at this point in time need some sort of refurbishment. 
Uh, and if your system works, that's fine. That's that's great. It's better than fine. That's amazing. But you are going to run into a point sooner rather than later where your game system is going to break down. A lot of the time, that's due to loose capac or it's due to uh, capacitors that have leaked. Uh, for handheld systems, it could be due to screen rot. A lot of Sega handhelds had that issue, like the Game Gear back in the day. Some systems, like the Atari 5200 in particular, were just made crappy. If you can find one Atari 5200 system that unmodified still works perfectly to this day, I will give you $1,000 because I just don't think that's true. So, what do we turn to? Well, the retro emulation video game scene has really exploded since the pandemic. What's happened is that a bunch of different Chinese factories who make systems for Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, they've gone ahead and used their expertise to craft super cool video game handheld systems that can emulate video games. Now, already some of you listening, this is going to be a hard stop. Isn't emulating video games stealing them? The answer is essentially yes. There's a lot of ways to look at this. Um, it's hard when looking at retro video games um, and emulating them online because on one hand, it, you are taking something that was illegally put online, uh, technically speaking, you know, and, and there's a lot of people who have their ways of thinking around it, but legally, that is what you're dealing with there. Um, I'm not going to condone that. There are ways, if you really want to, where you can legally dump your video game cartridges or discs onto a computer. Realistically, that's never going to happen. What I do to... to when I am worried about um, my my moral dilemma is I ask myself a few questions. One, is the video game for sale by the developer who owns the property anywhere online? If it's not, I say emulation is way okay because otherwise you're just not going to play the game or you're going to have to track down like really old copies, sometimes for video games that are long out of print. And some games like on the NES cost thousands of dollars for video games that are honestly mediocre. Uh, or even worse, games that can't be very good, like Little Samson on the NES. Now, another thing I look at is, do I already own this game I want to play? I've been emulating several PS2 games, and they're all games that I own in my library. So, even though I didn't go through the process of dumping them, I chose games that I specifically own. Uh, and also, for several of these, really for the vast majority of these retro-emulated handhelds, they already come pre-built with a lot of emulated video games in them from the companies that send them to you. So, if none of these video game developers are, are choosing to um, uh, initiate legal action with these pretty large-scale gaming handheld manufacturers, I don't think it's something you or I need to particularly worry about. So, please keep that all in mind. If you don't feel good about retro emulation, 
about emulating uh, video games uh, and potentially using cracked copies that are online, the rest of this episode is, is kind of a moot point for you. But what I'm going to do today is I'm going to really quickly go through what options you have for retro emulation, different price points here, what you're going to get, and at the end, I'm going to give you a build for if you want to be able to play, realistically, the vast majority of video games ever made without too much fuss. Alright, and so we're going to start with the basics here. Let's say that you're someone who just wants to play some old video games. I'm talking about 2D backwards. So we're talking about Atari... NES, Super Nintendo, um, Sega Genesis, and a light amount of like Nintendo 64, especially original PlayStation games. If you're looking to emulate those game systems, where would you look? And I would start at the RG35XX Plus. This is a game console made by Ann Burnick. It's a gaming handheld and it's shaped very similarly to the original Game Boy. In fact, they have original Game Boy colors available. This is going to emulate everything from a 2D system backwards flawlessly. NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Master System, Atari, all that jazz gonna run perfectly. All handhelds are gonna run fine uh, up through the Game Boy Advance. You got no worries there. That's gonna run you at $60 plus shipping right now. Not a bad way to start your retro gaming journey on a pretty good budget, too. So you're, you're going to spend less than $80 shipped for the whole kit and caboodle. And you'll be able to play hundreds, if not thousands, of video games across those 2D formats. If you're looking for one power up that is going to have analog sticks so you can play some light 3D gaming, I would recommend also from Ann Burnick the RG405M. This is a very high quality handheld, four and a half inch screen, as opposed to the 35XX Plus, which has, is a vertical handheld, right? Shaped like the original Game Boy. The RG405M is shaped a lot more like a Wonder Swan or the original Game Boy Advance. And it's going to be able to play not just up through Super Nintendo. Also, it's going to be able to play through PlayStation, Nintendo 64, a fair amount of Sega Saturn, which is a game system that's very hard to emulate, and it's going to be able to emulate a fair few GameCube and PlayStation 2 games, all in a small package that is, has a four and a half inch screen. So, essentially, imagine a, a PSP or a, or a PlayStation Vita-sized system that's able to play up to and including some PS2 and GameCube games. Pretty cool. Has a very high-quality metal shell. I think you'd find, uh, if you're looking for some light PS2 play, you're going to find a lot of enjoyment. I have the step down from this, the RG305M, uh, uh, which is one chipset below that. So it's more like the 35XX in terms of capabilities. And I have a lot of fun with it. These are super high quality handhelds. That's the thing. These aren't like 
those mall kiosk handheld systems that you would see and, and still oftentimes do that say they have 27,000 games or whatever. These are very fine-tuned, high-quality handheld systems. So let's say that, that that's not quite what you're looking for. After all, the RG405M retails $90 higher than the 35XX Plus, and that's only for what, one extra generation? Well, you are in luck, because coming out this month is the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro. There's a standard model and a pro model. We're going to talk about the pro model. It's $200. Now, we're a far way away from the 35XX Plus, but... What the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro has that these others do not is that they can play about 90% of the PlayStation 2 and GameCube library. And a fair bit of Xbox is included in that as well, as well as Wii. I'd say about 80% of Nintendo Wii games. This is as far as emulation has really gotten to this point um, in terms of a full game console's library being uh, emulated. Uh, the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro, it's, it's really on the cutting edge of retro emulation. We've just really finally gotten to this point. The announcement of the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro a few weeks ago was a massive deal uh, for the retro emulation community. I don't have a link to this yet. The link to all other handhelds will be included uh, in the uh, description of this podcast. But if you're looking for a game system that plays virtually every game system prior to the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 go on ahead the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro it's a very slim system it's akin in size to somewhere between the Nintendo Switch Lite I would say is probably the closest comparison to it I believe the Switch Lite's a bit wider but otherwise, that's a pretty small system. I think the screen's about five, five and a half inches. Um, and it can play PS2 and GameCube games, which for someone who grew up collecting PlayStation 2 and GameCube games, it's pretty amazing how far we've come. Let's say you want the cream of the crop in terms of retro emulation. I'm going to suggest to you a Steam Deck. Uh, these are the creme de la creme of handheld game systems. Not only can you play everything up to, and including some Xbox 360, PS3 games emulated, but uh, as well as Nintendo Switch, which I don't really advocate for at, at this time, considering the Switch is still being actively sold. Um, but for the Steam Deck, you can also play the whole library of Steam games that are compatible with the Steam Deck. Uh, all of these systems you can plug into a TV and you can plug controllers into the consoles and you can play using whatever controller you want that has the correct ports for them. The Steam Deck's going to be the most expensive option, of course. There's three options of the Steam Deck right now. Uh, we're talking like five, six, seven hundred dollar range after fees and everything, uh, and depending on the model you want. But if you really want to go all out, Outside of a fully dedicated gaming PC, the Steam Deck's going to be the way to go. Unless you have a bunch of video game cartridges and you still want to use them. 
If you're looking for a way to avoid spending money on expensive repairs or bulky video game systems, I'd recommend you get the Analog Pocket, which is a handheld system shaped very similar to the Game Boy Pocket of the 90s. What's special about it is it actually emulates video game systems on the hardware level. So the initial game system, not only can you install your own emulators on it, but it also has a cartridge port that can natively play all Game Boy games on it. In crystal clear color. I mean, the screen on this is one of the most beautiful video game screens I've ever seen in my life. And I suffered through the Game Gear, the Sega Nomad, and the Atari Lynx, so you guys know that I know what I'm talking about here. But all that comes at a cost. The Analog Pocket starts at $220. You can get additional accessories for the Analog Pocket that can play even more game systems. We're talking Sega Genesis, Sega Master System, Turbo Graphics. Where are my Turbo Express fans at here, huh? PC Engine LT, anyone? Anyway, all I'm saying is that if you're super bougie but don't want to spend money on taking care of old video game systems or you don't have the space, the Analog Pocket is going to be the best bet for you. Now. If you're just looking for a quick, broad view of everything, that's gonna be it for today. But I do have a few extra edge case game systems. If you're looking for playing mainly Sega Genesis and some Sega Saturn, I would recommend the Anbernic RG Arc. This system is very special because it has a six-button controller scheme, which we do not see on other video game uh, emulated handhelds. If you're looking to play fighting games on Sega systems, or even uh, arcade video games, which can be emulated perfectly on this system, then you'd want that six-button layout. It's shaped like a Sega Genesis controller. It's only $90, it's under $100. It doesn't have the power to emulate Sega Saturn 100%, which is really a shame because it's really meant for it, it feels like. But it is a very good starting point for that Sega fan in your life. I also want to give a shout out to the Evercade. If you feel really weird about emulating games you're not paying for, there's a game system called the Evercade. It comes from the UK and they have licensed out retro video games for you to buy and collect on cartridges. And so these are video game collections that feature the likes of Atari, Intellivision, Capcom, uh, and more important than all those, Burger Time. And what you're able to do is you can buy these, you know that the developer or the publisher is getting money from these video games. Some new video games are being made for it, and it's a nice, collectible, fun format. The Evercade EXP is the newest handheld version of the system. They also have a home console. The handheld is the more expensive version at $150, and games range in around, I think, $20 to $30 range. Um, that's more for a specific type of collector, but if you do like collecting things like that, you can have a lot of fun there. One final shout out in the edge case scenarios to the Atari 2600 Plus. Atari recently, or the company that owns the Atari name, has re-released the Atari 2600, 
uh, as a brand new console that can still play the vast majority of Atari 2600 7800 cartridges. It is software-based emulation. Uh, it's not the cleanest retro video game system I've ever played, but if you do have uh, interest in Atari, most cartridges are still pretty cheap, uh, and you can have a lot of fun on a weekend getting an Atari 2600+. Plus. Retails about $130, so on the lower end of what we've talked about today, uh, and you can have a good amount of fun with a friend just going through uh, old games. And you know, a lot of them, especially some of the Atari 7800 games, have aged very well. Donkey Kong's still Donkey Kong, no matter what system it's on. It just sounds a little bit weird. Okay, I'm almost done. But I want to leave you guys with a list of some video game systems that really, no matter what, just cannot be emulated with what we have right now. One game system that was on this list, and is still on this list, but we're gonna get it off very soon, is the Zebo, which is a uh, South American video game console that was released in about 2009, right in the middle of the Wii craze. Uh, it's, it's essentially if you take a phone from 2009 and make a game system out of it. Is it good? No. But there is an excellent series on Stop Skeletons from Fighting about it on YouTube, and I very much encourage you to check it out. It's a video game preservation at its finest. The following game systems really don't have any shot of being emulated in the near future uh, to, to a significant degree. For example, anything that is more powerful than Nintendo Wii uh, isn't going to be emulated very consistently. Uh, Nintendo Switch is less powerful, so it's within that range, but really uh, PS3, Xbox 360, PS4, Xbox One, and so on, there's no real good emulators for them right now, uh, which is a shame for PS3 because uh, the, the game system was designed very uh, awkwardly, and so it's still super difficult for developers to port PS3 games to game systems today. So hopefully we see some movement on that end. Uh, analog systems. I'm talking about Pong here. Uh, the very earliest video game systems, uh, trying to emulate them is not the same as playing them because of the direct input you had. Uh, this is pretty minor. I mean, if you've played Pong, you know what Pong is like, but not having that direct instantaneous input is very notable. Um, and it's a different gameplay experience uh, than playing it with original hardware. So if you don't, so if you do want like a quote unquote true Pong experience, it's pretty easy to find a cheap uh, handheld, uh, not even a handheld, uh, just a cheap uh, Pong system from the 70s. They go by dozens of different names. Just make sure you have a coaxial output uh, on your TV or an RF video output on your TV so you can actually use the thing. Next up, uh, early handhelds. It's a very similar thing. Uh, early handhelds uh, like the uh, Microvision, the very first game system with interchangeable cartridges, Mattel Auto Race, uh, the very first handheld uh, ever, the Intex Adventure Vision with a with an inset red monochrome scheme. Uh, these systems 
people just haven't spent a lot of time with them, looking at them, they're very rudimentary, there's not really much reason to emulate them. Uh, it's really the structure of these handhelds themselves because people didn't know what they were doing that makes them special. Are they worth emulating? Probably not. Um, is it worth having the systems? If you can find them cheap, I would say so. But it's not something you'd ever really want to emulate on a game system. Um, the Intellivision has, you can emulate it, but I don't know of anyone that's been able to replicate the Intellivision uh, controller. And maybe that's for the best. The disc controller is very awkward on the system, uh, but I like it and um, it's, uh, it, I, I, I haven't found an emulator that is superior to that. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Vectrex, the vector-based game system. It has a built-in monitor. Y'all have heard me talk about this a lot. It's very much a different experience playing it with that monitor as opposed to playing it uh, some other means uh, through emulation. You can emulate the Vectrex. You can emulate all the games are all available. They're available on iPhone, for crying out loud. But it's not the same. It doesn't look the same it's not the same um so just keep that in mind with the vectrex because it is a very different experience with the particular vector based screen um i think it looks significantly more impressive maybe that's just my vectrex fanboy showing you tell me also similar the virtual boy can be emulated but not particularly i think in 3d it's maybe better <laughs> emulated, not in 3D, but for people who want to be Virtual Boy purists, you still need to have a Virtual Boy. I'd like to give a shout out to the GameCube, uh, which I've been talking all episode about it being emulatable, but the layout of the GameCube controller with the massive A button in the center and the B button off to the side, no game... And no emulation handheld has that structure at this time because uh, it's so incredibly specific. And I don't know that there will be one for some time. Um, so if that's going to bother you, it bothers me certainly when trying to emulate GameCube games. Just be aware of that uh, because some games, it's if you have muscle memory on them, it's very confusing because the A and B buttons just don't fit anywhere close to a normal gamepad. One more I want to shout out are for the multi-screen uh, systems. 3DS and DS can be emulated. DS pretty well, 3DS they're working on it. But the issue is that you need to have a very particular size screen for emulation and really none of the options I've seen have been as good as just going out and buying a DS system. And finally, I want to shout out the Thummy. Could you play Thummy video games elsewhere? Probably. But the thing about the Thummy is it's the world's smallest video game system. And so if you want the smallest, you can't emulate that anywhere else than on a Thummy. So, finally, let's say, Ben, I want to play every single game system ever made with as few video game systems as possible. What do I do? Well, here, let me tell you what you do. You are going to get the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro. That's going to get you essentially all video games ever made 
up through up until the release of the Xbox 360, but you also got Wii games there too. Uh, of course, without Wii remote support, that's going to be a lot harder to emulate some of those games. But, you know, we're, we're going to go with the vast majority here, right? So, Retroid Pocket 4 Pro. If you're lo- uh, I'll follow that up with the PlayStation 5, because PlayStation 5 is going to be able to play all of the high-powered video games from uh, that are coming out right now including PlayStation 4 backwards compatibility, and everyone knows Microsoft really isn't making uh, exclusive video games anymore. So, there you go. I would also recommend the Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo 3DS XL, especially the 3DS XL. If you're not too keen on Nintendo systems, um, then I would uh, stick with the 3DS XL. But if you do want modern... Nintendo games then you'd have to get the switch unless you want to emulate but I think at this point that's still a little bit on the skeezy end Uh, the 3ds XL you can play 3ds games you can play DS games Uh, that's over a decade of games right there plus with the retroid pocket 4 pro you can emulate any Game Boy games prior to that so if I had to pick three it'd be the PS5 the 3ds XL and the retroid pocket 4 pro If you have an endless budget, I'd swap out the Retroid Pocket 4 Pro with the Steam Deck so you can get those PC games in there too. But, hey man, we're we're working with what we got here. So, this has been Ben. This has been a deep, light, medium journey into retro handhelds. And I hope that as we enter the bluesy season of January and February, if you're feeling down one day, you just go online, you see an Ann Burnick RG35XX or a 405M or a Retroid Pocket 4 Pro, and you go, you know what? I want to play some old video games today. And hey, if you lose your first three lives, maybe it'll turn around for you. When the fourth times the charm, good night and good morning.